0: Good to see you who are here this morning. <clears throat> We've been studying the Sermon on the Mount. We've looked at the Beatitudes, and we'd like to continue for a little while anyway. So in Matthew 5, beginning at verse 13, he says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost it, have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing. I remember my father saying that to me a number of times. You're good for nothing. So at least he was using a scriptural expression. If the salt has lost its favor, savor its tastiness, it's good for nothing. But to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on the stand, and it shineth unto all that are in the house. Even so let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The Lord here uses two figures, salt and light, to describe his disciples, to describe you and me. There's power in salt, there's power in light, and we are to manifest that light and that power. Someone has said that influence is the greatest asset possessed by any person. The greatest. This is a realm in which no one is debarred. It's an asset that all can enjoy if it's a positive influence. Of course, there are negative influences as well. So no matter how poor one might be, no matter how illiterate, we all, every one of us, have an influence. And none has the right to withhold that influence from God and his influence. When one exercises influence, is exerting power, control, mastery, force, effect, sway over other people. We've all received, we all both receive and exert a conscience and an unconscious influence. There are those whom we love, they exert an influence over us. There are those whose influence over us is unconscious. That We may love a teacher, we may love a neighbor, a brother or a sister, and unconsciously copy perhaps a mannerism that they have. We live our lives among men and our influence is as certain as our shadow that follows us. Your influence is like your shadow. It may not always fall where you want it to fall. Therefore, you need to be especially careful to see that wherever it falls, it will have a good effect upon all. We're talking about our influence as a shadow. And you may not be able to control your shadow but you can control the one who casts the shadow we need to make our influence count for God be not deceived others are being influenced by your example right now this very hour we live our lives among men And our influence is just that certain. It is known that I profess to be a Christian. Now, is my influence to build up or to tear down the church? It's known that you profess to be a Christian. Is your influence, does it tend to build up or to, tell, to tear down the church, even the influence that we're not aware of. In a room, in a luxurious home, a young girl had gone to bed early one night, weary from the strain of that day's gaiety. She had not yet closed her eyes when suddenly a light shone on the opposite wall revealing a beautiful picture Brockhurst the good shepherd and I imagine all of us have seen this picture in our literature or somewhere it shows Jesus as the good shepherd in on one hand he's holding the shepherd's staff and in the other hand he's, he's carrying a little lamb he's the good shepherd And the light shone on this picture. It showed up sharply in contrast with the darkness of the rest of the room. And so the girl raised herself up and looked through the parted curtain to see where the light was coming from. And it was a kitchen lamp in a small cottage in the rear. Night after night, the light shone revealing the face of the Savior of the men on the wall in this girl's room. But the owner of the lamp never knew it. And so so do many lives, treading their everyday humble routine in the spirit of their master. And often when they know it not, they give a revelation of the Savior to those Who see them many a humble man has unconsciously given another an inspiration to better living we're talking about influence illustrated by the salt and the light of Jesus's sermon when we become Christians we say to the world I am bringing to Jesus All that I am and all that I have my influence from henceforth is for him in fact we issue this challenge to the world watch me as if I'll be true to my vow we must never forget that the world is watching and that actions speak louder than words Your saying is always overshadowed by your doing. Emerson put it this way. What you do speaks so loudly, I cannot hear what you say. Let me say that again. What you do speaks so loudly, I cannot hear what you say. Jesus in Luke 6 and 46 asked the same type of question. He said, why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? There were those claiming to be his disciples but were not obeying him. And he wanted to know why. We claim to be Christians. Why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Jesus had a warning also for the disciples concerning the scribes and the Pharisees. In Matthew 23 and verse 3, All things therefore whatsoever they bid you, these do and observe. But do not do after their words, for they say and do not. What they had to say was okay, but not their actions. And in Titus 1, verse 16, Paul is reminding Titus concerning some Jewish proselytes or Jewish uh, Judaizers. He said they profess that they know God, but by their works they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate, that is worthless and unfit. I received a letter, this is some time ago, from a lady that I knew all my life, well, not all my life, but when I was young. Her adopted daughter and I were classmates. She attended the church where I attended. And when I was converted, began to preach for the church, I let her know about it. She wrote, wrote me a letter one time saying that she also had left the Christian church and gone to the Church of Christ. But... She was disturbed by some of the brethren who smoked. Now, this was several years ago. And I can remember how between Bible class and worship service there'd be a few brethren that had to have a smoke. They just had to go outside, stand out in front of the church building, and puff away until it's time to come back in. She thought that was despicable. She was really down on it. She said, now here are the folks who claim to be restoring. The church of the first century, in name and organization, expressions of worship, God's law, of pardon, and on and on. But what's happening to restoring the holy life that Christians are to live? That's a good question. Because of the Christian's position before the world, and the world is watching, Jesus says, Let Your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven a monarch had three daughters a king and he asked them why they loved him the first daughter said i love you father for your riches the second daughter said, I love you because of the pomp and the pleasure in the court. The third daughter said, Father, I love you because you are salt. You are salt. To love as salt is to love with an indispensable devotion. Love is important, salt and light. It was Plenty who said, without salt, human life cannot be sustained. I don't know if you use Morton Salt or some other brand, but Morton Salt people claim that there are 1,400 uses for salt. I, I can't believe that, but then I know they're telling the truth. It's just hard to read. I might count up to 25, but 1,400 uses for salt. Salt is indispensable, is it not? In fact, there are four things we had mentioned indispensable to life. You might add to the four, but one is light. Another is bread, you know, what we eat. Another is water. And another is salt. We cannot do without these. Both salt and light address the influence of disciples. Let me mention four things, or three things rather, that salt does. Salt, you are the salt of the world. Salt preserves. I remember this was in Liberty, about 12 miles from Dezetta, Liberty County. I don't know why I'd gone there with my folks, but I was pretty small. But they had a great big whale's head in this glass trailer. And a lot of salt. They had that salt there to preserve that uh, whale's head as long as they could take it around and show it to people and make some money. Salt preserves. And as disciples of Christ, we should be exerting a power of preservation. Our influence in society should preserve society. From so much wickedness. Our influence for good should overcome much of that which is bad. In this week's uh, newspaper article, you're going to read about America's moral compass. America's moral compass. The moral compass of our country has been pointing toward eternal punishment for a very long time. One of the things that continues to assist the slide of our great nation toward hell is the failure to address issues that have a clear Bible answer. Another thing assisting this slide is the refusal to acknowledge the Bible and that it has the answer to such issues and a refusal to stand with the Bible and its author, who of course is God, for example, <clears throat> the degradation of American America continues as many as are continues as many are too squirmish to label abortion as murder, which it is. When the conscience of this great nation surfaced long enough for Congress to send a bill to President Clinton to ban partial birth abortions. And I don't know why they couldn't have sent one that would have banned all abortions, but they were trying at least for partial abortions. And a partial abortion is where ninety percent of the baby is delivered, is delivered before being killed. President Clinton vetoed that bill. And yet, abortion has become sort of a non issue to people. In a society that cries out, save the whales, but kill the babies, whose side are we on? Salt preserves remember God told Abraham if he could just find ten righteous people in Sodom, Gomorrah Admon, Zeboim, he would not destroy those cities but he could not find ten righteous people and there are other Bible examples that could be cited secondly salt creates thirst I'm sure we've all experienced this Maybe uh, the cook forgot she had salted the potatoes, and so she does it again. And so the salt, the potatoes are rather salty, and we're drinking water all afternoon. Salt creates thirst. Have you ever made anyone thirsty for Jesus? You're the salt of the earth. And thirdly, salt penetrates. It permeates. The influence of righteous lives is supposed to permeate our society, to make society what it should be. But, on the other hand, some professing Christians have allowed the worldly-minded to set the standard, and they follow that standard instead of the Lord's. And instead of lifting the world up to a higher realm, the church, or at least part of it, has allowed the world to drag it down to a lower standard. Salt penetrates, it permeates salt, perishes when it loses its savor or its saltiness, its preserving quality. Well, here are some suggestions on what we can do as a salt of the world. You can use your influence for the salvation of souls. And the more this is done day in and day out, year in and year out, the more useful your influence will be in saving souls. Use your influence to bring people to hear the gospel. Or to have a Bible study in their home or your home. You're the salt of the earth. If you can get men to go to a ball game with you, cannot you get the same men to come to hear the gospel preached? I don't know if they still have Stanley parties. I know they have a... Is a Chef Kitchen Party, something like that? That may not be the right name, but those kind of parties but if you can get women to attend such parties use your influence to bring them to hear the gospel which is more important a ball game or preaching the gospel your influence should cause men to seek the same way of life that you as a Christian are living that's what our influence should do. The world's watching you. We cannot say that too often. And do they like what they see enough to want to be a Christian? To want to come to church services with you? To see what it's all about? Are you a good advertisement for Christianity? That's what it's all about. A brick manufacturer who was very fleshly, he weighed over 250 pounds. He advertised for a boy to help him in the office, his business, and a board appeared and was running over with questions, how much do you pay, was his first question. $25 in board was the reply. Well, what kind of board? Well, said the stout and good-natured manufacturer, I eat it. Give me the job, said the boy, with a smiling glance at the size of his prospective employer. The brick manufacturer was a good advertisement of the board that he provided for his employees. If you and I should ask someone to become a Christian, would he or she look at the gospel results in our lives and say, I want the job? If not, then maybe we need to look again at our saltiness. Regardless of your previous life, you can become a new creature, a new man, as the Bible says, in Christ Jesus. And as people see the change in your life for good, it will cause those who knew you before to want to investigate what it was that wrought the change. Bring them to hear the gospel and let them find out. A native in a foreign land came up to a missionary and said, I want to be baptized. But when asked where he had heard the gospel, The native answered that he had never heard the gospel, but he had seen it. And then he went on to relate how he knew a man who one time was so immoral and had a violent temper that this man all of a sudden became a Christian and his whole life was changed. The native said, I want the power. They did that to him. Well, here are a few suggestions. Christian women are exhorted by Peter in 1 Peter 3 and verses 1 and 2. Christian women can influence their non-Christian husbands to come to the Lord by their, where your God is alive. And I suppose the same is true for husbands, to influence their wives to become Christians. But Peter addresses the women when he says, We, in like manner, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that even if any obey not the word, he's talking about the gospel here first, if any obey not the word, the gospel, they may without the word, not referring to the gospel, you cannot become a Christian without obeying the gospel. But here he uses the word for another meaning, talking about annoying and, and urging and troubling and nagging. Without the word, be gained by the behavior of their wives. Beholding your chase behavior coupled with fear. That is, coupled with respect and reverence. In this sense we might say that Christianity is not taught, it is caught. Like the measles from somebody else, and in this case, the wife. The passage shows the power of Christian influence over the non-Christian life. Here are a few suggestions as to the use of influence and the winning of one's companion to Christ. First, you cannot drive one to accept Jesus. The power of the gospel is in drawing power, not in driving power. Remember in John 6, 44, Jesus said, No man cometh unto me except the Father that sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. How does the Lord, the Father, draw? He does it by his word, but he draws. If you try to drive someone to accept the gospel, you're more than likely to produce a revolt in that person. Secondly, you will never win your companion by staying away from the services of the church. Regardless of how much opposition you may receive at home, your companion will not respect you in your religious convictions unless he sees you attending the services regularly and faithfully. If you forsake the assembly of the saints, you'll not only fail to win your companion, but maybe lose your own soul. Thirdly, the best way to win the unbelieving companion suggested in our text is by setting an example of godly, spiritual living. And fourthly, be patient. Many companions have been won to Christ only after many months and years of hard work, faithfulness, holiness, and prayer. And if you don't win your companion to Christ right away, don't become discouraged. But keep trying. Their soul is too important for you to give up on. Parents have a great influence upon their children. In fact, I don't know if anyone has a greater influence than parents. By your obedience to the gospel parents you can make sure you are leading your children in the right direction once a man took his little boy on a walk in the country then they started across a plowed field well the the boys legs being short became tired quickly and so he asked if he could just go back to the car well his dad warned him to be very careful in returning to the car because they had passed by a deserted water well. Sometime later, the father returned to the car and the lad was found safe and rested. His dad asked, Well, how did you keep away from that old well? And the son replied, I just followed in your tracks. The boy knew there was safety in following the trail left by his father, and he was not afraid to trust in that which he was sure would lead him to safety. Each one of us, like this father, is leaving a trail for someone to follow. What kind of tracks are we leaving? Is the trail that we're making one which would be safe for some trusting loved one to follow. We certainly don't want to lead a child, a grandchild, or, or anyone to hell. A careful man I want to be, a little fellow follows me. I do not dare to go astray for fear he'll go to self the self same way. I can I cannot once escape his eyes. Whatever he sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says he's going to be the little chap who follows me. He thinks that I am good and fine, believes in every word of mine. The base in me he must not see, that little chap who follows me. I must remember as I go, through summer sun and winter snow, I am building for the years to be that little chap who follows me. A man lay dying, his life had been poorly spent, and his last words were, "Oh, Oh, that my influence could be gathered up and buried with me. but it could not be the man's influence survives him. it still lives it's still working on he could not when he came down to dying perceive how bad his influence had been then put forth his dying hand and arrest that influence it was too late His body could be shrouded, coffined, and buried out of sight, but not his influence. For that, regardless how corrupt, there is no shroud. There is no burial. It goes on and on. Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. Ye are the light of the world. Even so, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. If you're not a child of God, may we encourage you to obey the gospel today. Make that turn around in your life. Your influence is important to those that love you and whom you love. If you've not been as faithful as you ought or some other cause you need the prayers of the church, we invite you to come and we'll do what we can to help you as together we stand and sing.